gold. Welcome back, Adjacent Family. This is your boy, Alex. Uh, welcome back to another episode. Uh, as always, I got another special guest for you. Uh, this week, I got my girl straight out of Little Rock, Arkansas, Miss Gabby Lee. How are you doing? Hey, I'm well. How are you doing? Hey, man, I'm just out here trying to stay alive and be safe, man, you know? I feel you on that. <laughs> this COVID is disrespectful, but, you know, we we going to see what happens and... Hopefully, people wearing masks out here, man. You know, hopefully. You, you, are you wearing masks out here or not? Yes, I'm wearing masks out here. I live 13 hours away. I don't have time to get COVID by myself with no support. <laughs> I mean, I saw you been going to the beach, so I don't know, man. You, you, you have me nervous out here. No, I stopped going to the beach. And if I do, I drive and admire in my car. Like, it's tourist season. So it's like everybody and their mama and their daddy and their grandpa are out. No one is social distancing. And certain people are wearing their masks. So me and the beach in person, like, nah, we good. Okay. You're getting a real taste of that dirty Myrtle Beach, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they call it, right? Yeah, you, you can say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay, so just like every other episode, I always start with an icebreaker question to kind of get the get the ice broken. And so I'm going to ask you a question. So you ready for it? I'm ready. Probably not, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> so Uh-oh. if you think think through, let's say days out a- a- after college, right? So like the premise of the podcast is adult adjacent, uh, and so mm-hmm. oftentimes you're an adult, but you always don't feel like um, and so talk me through like that first moment where you feel like, man, like I'm not, a, I'm like, I'm actually getting old out here because something like you used to like to do changed or like you have a different perspective on it. Like what's that first moment where you kind of had that like, oh man, I'm getting old moment. So when I graduated from college, there was like a lot going on in my life during that time. Um, me and my ex had just broke up. Like I really didn't disclose to my family what happened. Like he showed up to the, to my graduation and everything, like nothing happened. Cause I wasn't ready to talk about it. And, um, I know maybe like two or three days when I had, cause I was an RA in college, I had packed up, um, my room but in the midst of me packing up. I had to check somebody else out and I was hungover. I'm not going to tell a tale. <laughs> and then it just hit. It was like, dog, you too old for this. Like, you you got to get your life together. You're supposed to be an adult, like air quotes, out here. And so I went home and I was like, dog, like, what's your plan? Like, I had a job to work for Hewlett Packard Enterprises, where I basically sold data and storage networking. And for people who know my personality, they know like that job wasn't me. But I was like, it's a job. It was a great salary. And I was just like, well, we just going through the motions. I don't have my life together right now, but I have a job. Um, so it was just a moment where it was just like, you're really not content, but it's something to hold you over. And so basically being at that job for two years is where I really had to 
challenge myself to consider like what my passion was and what I really wanted to do like for G. Lee and like not for, you know, my family, which was difficult. It was a process. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so, that's very relatable, man. I think we've all had a moment, especially like, you know, when you get out of school, like oftentimes like the, what you're taught is you go to school, you get a job in your field, you work there for the rest of your life. And then oftentimes like the reality of what life is and what the plan was is not always the same. Right. So, you know, you take a job just cause like you need money. Thank you. Capitalism. Uh, and then you just kind of just go through the motions and like, I'm getting money, but like this, this is terrible. Right. Like you're going to literally go insane working a job that you just don't want to do. So you kind of really have to, for your own mental health, work through and like take the steps to take the next step. Absolutely. Yeah. And then like staying at home with my parents, like rules and regulations was back in place. I'm like, wait, what? Oh, yes. I had a whole curfew. Like where you at? What you doing? Where you going? When you coming back? Like my mom had a rule where if you didn't come back, by 12 a.m., she just wanted you to stay where you were. <laughs> like, I was like, Mama, like, I'm a black female out in America. You don't want me to come back home at 12. She was like, it just makes my nerves bad. Like, I wonder, and I stay up late wondering when you... I was like, okay, whatever. Um, You know, her house, her rules. Like, my pops, he was chilling, but not her. <laughs> that, yes, that going home after college and you had that freedom and... Going back to the rules, you're like, oh no, this ain't it, dog. This is that's not the move. Yeah. Uh, the quickest way you realize you want to go and get your own stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, definitely get that motivation. Uh, and the funny part is, when you become a parent, you're gonna do the same thing. And so, <laughs> I oh, I was like, I don't want to be my parents. I feel like I am in some ways, whether I would like to admit it or not. Uh, that's a whole nother episode, man. Maybe I'll bring you back for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So um, I wanted to, I guess, transition to like what we're going to talk about today. And so when I, when I think about um, the, the adult journey, right, like I think one of the things that almost never or like doesn't at all uh, get talked about is kind of like mental health through though, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, once you're adults, if you think about like your family and stuff, like they always appear to have it together or like always shelter children from seeing the full range of what adulthood brings from like happiness to sadness to hardship to all of it right. Uh, right and so i think one thing that i think our generation is it's being less stigmatized but it's still very like taboo is like mental health and going to therapy mm-hmm. uh, so you know knowing you for the last few years and kind of seeing kind of how you've transformed and grown um and, and how you've kind of attributed to like counseling to help you through that process i wanted to bring you on the show and share your thoughts and kind of give your journey to maybe inspire other people to uh, even explore therapy or even kind of working through their own emotional intelligence, even if, you know, therapy isn't the right way to navigate that. So For sure. that, that's, that's how we got here. Um, so I guess if you think back to maybe like college and high school, Gabby Lee, um, I guess like what were your initial thoughts and perceptions on therapy or did you even know what therapy was, right? Like what was your level of knowledge around therapy? My level of knowledge around therapy, it wasn't my own like self-research. It was basically like the stigmatisms like within my family and within, you know, my community as to what therapy was. And so with that, I saw therapy as therapy was for 
crazy people, but that was my lack of ignorance, not lack of ignorance. It was my ignorance in general. So high school and college, well, high school, I was like, oh yeah, therapy is for, you know, crazy people. But being honest, I didn't know anyone in my family or anyone around me who was actively pursuing therapy. Like therapy was not seen in a positive life, like where I'm from and where I come from. Um, So I went to college. Ironically, my best friend is a therapist. And so like that's what she was in school for. And so talking like to her and I was like, oh, okay, well, therapy is cool. (laughs) I don't need it. I'm good. Once again, my oblivion and me being naive and um, unwilling to realize like, yeah, girl, you probably got some stuff that you need to go talk to somebody and like work through. Um, So those are my perceptions. Like therapy is for people who aren't wrapped too tightly and I will never identify in that category and I will never go to therapy. Mm, That's the irony of that. (laughs) (laughs) that's that's so real like i mean i like i appreciate how candid you are with that because like you know thinking back like with your family is like oftentimes mental health or like even the idea of like not always being okay isn't something that black families allow right like usually the full right you either for me as a black man like i was taught like boys don't cry it's gonna be all right tuck it suck it up we're just gonna grind through it Uh, then other times it's just like you know mind your business is grown folk business and like they you never really absolutely are able to witness or like even experience kind of the full breadth of like what your family's going through uh mm-hmm. and like that, that gives me when i think about like my childhood and like different things that's happened like my family went through like a lot of trauma and it's just like man like we probably could have benefited so much more if we even knew what like emotional intelligence and like mental health was to even realize that we need help and kind of the tools of process through that. Yeah. I um <clears throat> yeah, I definitely I definitely agree with that. Like in my household, like it was a time limit on when you sulked and when you cried. Like my mama didn't play that, my daddy didn't play that. And in some ways I think it's attributed to like the racism that black people feel. I'm not black people feel the racism that black people experience, but I'm like I'm still vulnerable and I still have emotions. Like, let's work through how I navigate racism and my feelings in a healthy manner instead of putting up a wall and a defense mechanism. Um, So, yeah, I remember high school. I had, um, I wasn't, I was a perfectionist. So, like, I had to get good grades. Things had to be a certain way. And so... They didn't, I, they didn't tell me then, but like I was having anxiety attacks back in high school. And so the way that my parents dealt with it was like, my mom would come and get me from school. And then my dad would like write me a nice card about me stressing out. And so it was just like, Hey, um, I know this is a hard time, but you're going to get through it. And so I think I never really had the opportunity to fully embrace my emotions, which is why as I grew up and I matured, I struggled with emotional intelligence. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's how right. like my dynamics were <laughs> and how we, right. and how we operated. 
I mean, that's that's so common, right? I think hearing you say that, like, I don't imagine most people that will listen to this will either can relate, like, that's close to theirs, or they know somebody that has had this experience where it's just like, you know, like most parents and family members probably don't have the tools to like navigate and observe what's happening. So it's just kind of like, oh, well, here's a card, here's some ice cream, you know, go play the game, go do something, and then like you'll be okay. But like, that's really not a great uh, mechanism to help mm-hmm. you fully process everything you're going on. Cause, you know, if you think back through like life, I mean, life really, we've lived through a lot, right? Like, so mm-hmm. I even think through like 9 11 happened when I was in middle school. Yeah. And I lived in a military town. And so, like, that created like a whole different level. So, like, literally the day that it happened, I remember watching TV and like watching a burning building, right? But, like, as a kid, I was 11 years old. I don't know what's going on, right? Right. But then living in a military town, almost instantly, almost half my school was getting like checked out. Like, everybody's parents was freaking out because my school was maybe a mile and a half from the military base. Mm-hmm. It was like one of the biggest bases in the country. And so, it was just like, there was just like this panic. And I just remember as a kid, like, what is going on? And people were worrying. And I remember my teacher, people were like, are we going to die? And teacher was like, eventually. <laughs> and like, I can laugh about it now, but like, that's terrible. Like, I was terrified to hear that as a kid. And For sure. You know, I wouldn't even say I remember ever telling my mom that. It's just something you just internalize. And then yeah. if you think moving on, like, you know, 2000, like the uh, Ferguson stuff happened. Yeah. And then like. 2016 happened we're like working on the college campus we're mostly white kids when trump won like there was just so many like traumas in the world mm-hmm. and it's just like if you don't have the tools to like navigate that like you're just going to be you're going to have a large uh, learning curve as you get as an adult and be more aware of like your emotions and stuff yeah um one thing that you said earlier is like i kind of want to explore that a little bit more um, yeah. so you said when you were in college you you kind of realized like oh counseling's for people that got like or unraveled but like I, I don't need that like I'm good um I guess at what point did you kind of like how did you develop that mindset and then as you worked through it like how did you learn to kind of unlearn that that mindset yeah um so <clears throat> I realized in college when I think about um <laughs> some people might get upset with me but I'm just speaking from my experience when I think about like my romantic relationships and like the people that I got to know, I had the mindset like, man, dudes ain't about nothing. But I'm like, Gabby, you had the same issues in every relationship. So what's the common denominator? It was me. Mm-hmm. That common denominator was my lack of vulnerability and how I communicated. Like in college, for example, when someone made me mad, Everything came out in like anger. Like, I don't believe I ever have said I felt this way when you did X, Y, and Z until I entered the field of higher education. Mm -hmm. And that's disturbing. But I believe, like I said, based upon my background and how I was raised, I valued my strength as me not being vulnerable. And it was the complete opposite. I remember one day. So I have like a biological father and a father. So I have a man like who raised me, who is my biological father. But anyway, both of my dads have told me they can count on one hand how many times they've seen me cry. And so it's like, yeah, you're really strong. Like I'm only seeing you cry like once. And I'm like, I got emotions, player. Like I cry more. <laughs> like I feel things. But for them to view that as me being my my strength, I prided myself 
and being like strong and not showing my emotions when I was internalizing all of that and it was unhealthy. So things that I'm not processing that I didn't process when I was younger is like coming up now. Like certain things will happen. I'd be like, now it wasn't that deep for me to get that upset. What else is going on? Like I need somebody who is not attached to me, who really doesn't know me that well to talk me through some of my actions and why I'm responding to certain things the way that I am. Mm. Um, so I hope that, uh, that answered that answered your, your question. No, it did. It did. Um, I think I like the idea that you brought up about like, kind of like always having to like appear strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the black community specifically, but I think also like just as a society, mm-hmm. um, we value the like facade of like being strong and like strength. Like it's like mm-hmm. a, it's a very American ideal, but it's so stupid. Like it's, it's very, <laughs> right. Like everybody is just like walking around smiling. Like life is good. Yeah. Like, oftentimes it's, it's really not good, man. Like mm-hmm. right now, currently like, right. COVID COVID is ravishing so many people's lives. People's family members are dying. People are losing the jobs. Yeah. People are like, you can't do this. Everything's turning political. Um, and then we had like, um, the like police killings right like so we had that happen too right so like that's another trauma that like triggers other things that's happened in life and so it's just like everybody is just like going through stuff and like if you don't have the tools to like work through it like i can only imagine where people are like mentally like that's that's kind of like where i am and think like every day like mm-hmm. and, like i haven't like you know i i experience what i'm going through but i also wonder like there's so many people that don't know how to kind of like work through this and always just feel like they have to be strong and I just feel like mm-hmm that's going to manifest and make life even harder than it has to be for them. Yeah. And so hopefully, you know, people can do some work to kind of, you know, normalize not being okay and like having, finding the tools and techniques to help you process through stuff because, you know, going to therapy is not going to change your like life in terms of like what happens. Right. Uh, There's plenty of people that go to therapy and have emotional intelligence and like have shitty lives. Right. Like it's just terrible. Like, this happened, that happened, and this happened. And yeah. so like, um, and if you don't learn to process that, like that's just gonna like drive you like insane and then that could lead to other things, right? And so For sure. um, hopefully, you know, as we work through this, like we can help people start thinking through and be more um, aware of kind of their emotions and how to like process through different traumas. Cause I think that once you kind of get a, a handle on what your mental side, like your mental health, um, mm-hmm. A lot of areas in your life will look a lot different how you navigate spaces from like work to relationships to yeah. all things right um and so there's that um all right so over the last few years i've had a, the chance to kind of know you when we used to be colleagues yeah. uh, and i remember very often like you know the various things that would happen in our previous job <laughs> you, <laughs> we, we would talk through that and uh, in my head, I would be like, man, Gabby would benefit from talking to somebody through this. But like, I also didn't feel comfortable in like suggesting that to you because you are a grown woman, right? Like you, you kind of had the tools for that. And so yeah. in your like new season of life, I guess, like what really was like the moment that kind of helped you realize like, maybe this is something that could help me as I navigate forward? Well, um, basically the current job that I'm in now, there was a meeting that was put on our calendars where we had to talk with 
um, our leadership. And I'm talking about like top down, like VPs, directors, all of that. And so there were some concerns and something about me, like I'm always going to tell people where I stand. If you a colleague, if you're my superior, um, if you a family member, like I always tell people, if I can respectfully tell my mama where I stand, you are not an exception. Um, but in this particular workspace, like I said, I'm usually always respectful. Something was said and I literally like broke down in tears. Like I was crying, I was cursing and I started screaming. Like I literally had what I would call a temper tantrum. Mm. Like it felt good in the moment, but afterwards I was like, cause you might lose your job and might have to like pack your stuff up. Cause uh, <laughs> you didn't think through that one. Like what I expressed was valid, but my presentation was very piss poor. Um, it was not tailored really well. It was just a lot of emotions and rage that came out. And like after I was done, it was like a, a blackout experience. I was like, wow, like I really just, just did that. Thankfully, I still have my job. Um, <laughs> shout out to the Lord for that one. Um, All right. <laughs> but like in the moment, I didn't care about my repercussions and what would happen to me afterwards. I was like, yeah, y'all gonna get this angry black girl today. Afterwards, I was like, Gabby, you need to go talk to somebody about that because your presentation and the way you just blacked out, like there was a defense mechanism for like something else. Um, Your anger is basically hurt. And yes, like there were some things that I didn't agree with, but it wasn't all on like the workplace. So I was like, you need to do some like deep soul searching because this doesn't need to happen again because it's out of character. And so I know that I have been talking to another coworker and um, she had a list of like black therapists for like black people. And so she was like, yeah, I see this lady and I'm really interested in this lady. So I read through like different biographies of people and read through someone, who, um, my therapist, who I thought would be um, most beneficial for me and like what I was looking for. Um, and it's tight, but it's right. I wanted someone who looked like me to talk through things with me. So something that was important for me to uh, seek out was a black therapist. I didn't care about gender. I just needed, you know, my therapist to be black. Um, somewhere, some I wanted to be able to have a space where I could be myself and speak like my vernacular and my dialect because like I don't want to be Gabrielle all the time like sometimes I show up and you get G leave like okay and so I didn't want to have a whole like wait a minute what does that ass mean what does you got me effed up mean? like can you talk me through I didn't want to do that like, I do that daily in the work that I do so I didn't want to do it when I was trying to um work on my like trauma and like my childhood and like my upbringing and how I thought about things and an an added thing to my upbringing is I've heard like people in my family say it all the time well you got God while you need therapy well God bless you with resources and it's people so you need to use your resources as well 
Um, so that was, yeah, how, how that happened. It was a very, very unfortunate event. Like that was a breaking point for me. Like different things happened in my life where I was like, yeah, I probably should go talk to somebody. And I just kind of like brushed it off. But that was like the, hey, you said it. Now it's time to put some action behind, you know, you're talking. So if you're going to talk the talk, like you need to walk the walk as well. Okay. That, make, that makes sense. You said so many things. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I want to like explore, but I'll, I'll do my best to try to systematically and I guess make sense to go through this. Okay. Um, so you talked through like, I guess you had your, your like breaking point, right? So you was in that meeting and you just beep, beep, mother, this and that, and, ah, ah, and, you know, I, that's, yep. I think that's, that's probably very common for people. Uh, that might not happen at work, but I think that might happen in relationships, friendships. It's like wherever it's something that can like really just trigger and they just go off on this whole thing. Right. Um, and so after you had that, um, I guess like, and you realize like, all right, like you really got to get this together because this is not going to work. Um, and so you was like, I'm going to go counseling. And so I guess like talk me through like the emotions of like actually doing it. Right. Cause I think, you know, knowing you need to go to counseling and like actually going through with it, uh, is like two different things. And so like, I guess what were your like thoughts and emotions as you really like started researching and talking to people about it? Like, how did you feel through that whole process? I was like, first of all, my folks don't think I'm crazy. I'm a very <laughs> open person. I'm an open book. So if someone asks me something like, I'm never going to be like, eh, I'm like, well, this is what it is. Um, so like I mentioned, like my, one of my best friends is a therapist. So, you know, I was talking to her and I was like, um, kind of flipped out today at work. Like, I think I need to go to counseling. And she was like, so part of having an an accountability partner. And she was like, yeah, dog, like you need to go. I've been telling you that. Um, she was like, you know, what's holding you back? Have you found what you looked for? And so she's aware of like how insurance and like billing works. So she was like giving me different tidbits of things to, um, keep in mind. I had to do like some, some spiritual things as well, like some praying. Um, cause it was just, it's scary. Like you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And then for me not to have, you know, family who I know need therapy and they like, girl, I got God. I ain't going to therapy. I. Um, <laughs> so it was just difficult. So it was more so of like using people in my like age group and age range. Like I know I talked to like you and like Auntie J about it. I was like, yeah, do that. So it was just basically like talking through a what happened, me telling people what my plan was and what I wanted to do and me like seeking some um, spiritual like guidance, of course, from from God. And I have like an assistant pastor and it was it's amazing how like you don't search for answers, but like God will drop something be like, boom, that gym was for you, girl. And so he, I don't know what happened, but we had like a relationship series because we have Bible study on campus for college students on Mondays. And he was like, um, yeah, I don't understand why we in a black community struggle with processing our feelings. Um, we talk about, what did he say? We talk about Sarah and Jane, but Sarah and Jane been in counseling since they was 12. And Dante and Quan ain't never went. So that's why we struggling. And I was like, ooh, that's my confirmation. <laughs> Your girl needs to go. And so um, I called my therapist at work. And I was like, um, hey, 
I'm ready to go to counseling. Um, I just wanted to know, like, when you would have availabilities. I know you're accepting new clients, and COVID wasn't rapid then. So, like, I went in person to meet with my therapist, and um, I'm talking about palms were sweaty, heart was racing, like, the whole time. Mm-hmm. I was just super nervous, but I was like, okay, Gabby, like, this is this is something that you need to do. And also, um, I know I had told, like, one of my siblings that, like, I was going to start going to therapy. And a lot of things that, like, give me motivation, like, are my siblings, because I am the oldest. That's another reason why I feel a lot of pressure, like, I'm the oldest child, like, oldest grandchild, like, there has been, like, a lot of pressure put on me since, like, basically, I was aware that I was the oldest, (laughs) so um, I was just like, okay, so went to, went to therapy, had my first session, I'm not going to tell a tale, like, I was guarded, I didn't know, you know, what to expect, and so, like, she explained everything, broke everything down, and sis gave me a diagnosis my first day. I was like, <laughs> dog. Um, one, I knew. So she was just like, yeah, like you have anxiety. And I was like, yeah, we've done this since I was in high school. I just kind of like, I was like, I, I ignored it and just figured out how to deal with it. And then she was like, you also have an adjustment disorder. And I was like, adjustment disorder? Can you talk me through that? And she was like, well, basically, it takes you a minute to adapt to, like, new surroundings and new places. It takes you, like, six months to adapt to things. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Because I think about me adapting to graduate school when I was in Muncie, Indiana. Good old fun. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I think about me adapting to coastal. Like, it took me a minute. Um, So I was just like, okay, like, that makes sense. And she was like, I can tell you a little garden. You don't know if you can trust me or not. I was like, oh, get out of my head. And she was like, um, I'm really glad to see like a black woman in therapy. And I was just like, oh, it was a struggle for me to come here today. And I remember like telling my mom and she was like, it's something I need to know. What you going to therapy for? I was like, see, <laughs> this is why sometimes, you know, I was like, this is why I struggle sometimes with walking in my truth, like perceptions. And sometimes like you share things with people and they question you, but you know, it's right now you questioning your own like decisions for your life to make yourself better. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know, I'm going because there are some things that I need to work through. And then like, I got the question, but what you need to work through my childhood. And then I didn't get any more questions. And so it was just left alone. And I was like, <laughs> okay. She wasn't ready for that one, huh? No, she wasn't. And, like, there were no, like, additional questions. Like, there were no additional follow-ups. I know sometimes when people hear, like, therapy, you think the therapist is going to do a lot of the work for you. Like, no. Like, sometimes I feel like I'm in a college course of, like, Gabby and, like, unpacking Gabby. Like, I have written letters to myself. I have cried doing some of the homework assignments that my therapist, like, has given to me. Um, I've had to have like some nerve wrecking, like conversations, like some conversations I've had. I almost went back to Gabby who just lashed out at people and cursed people out and it isn't healthy. I'm like, Gabby, practice your I feel statement. 
Um, your anger is a cop out, so you don't have to explore your emotions. Like, just go there. And so, it's it's taking some work on my part. And I'm not gonna tell it tale. Like, when you put in the work, and people around you be like, "Whoa, that's all you gotta say. That's all you mean. You ain't got nothing else." <laughs> dog. I'm like, dog. Was I really that bad? Okay. <laughs> Oh, it's been um, it's been an interesting, an interesting journey. I know my supervisor is like, "Oh, you were really calm when I told you that." I was like, "Thank God for therapy." <laughs> okay, all right. Oh, again, you I hit so many points. I wish this podcast wasn't an hour sometimes because there's just so many things that you're hitting, and we probably won't hit it, but it's okay. Uh, we'll, okay. We'll, we'll unpack what we can and kind of go from there. I'm sure. Uh, the first thing I, I guess I want to like acknowledge, I guess, is I'm glad that you have like an accountability partner. So like your friend that's a therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very most people don't have that, right? Like I, I don't, I don't wouldn't say I know anybody that works in mental health services. Yeah. Uh, let's set people that I, I meet professionally, and so um, I think having her in your life probably was very instrumental towards like getting your progress going. Because like most of the time you can talk to your friends, like, oh counseling, but like we usually don't know how to start that, so we can just tell you do it, and then it's just like you go figure it out on your own. You left the, your own devices of Google and everything else. And that's not always like the most helpful, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm very glad you had that. But also I'm, I'm glad like in your like faith circle, uh, like they value um, counseling. Uh, mm-hmm. So like, the point you made about, you know, we talk about white people basically like that's what's wrong with them, but they've been in counseling since young age. And then the black people literally have never been like, I think that's, that's such a, a big piece of life, right? I think um, working in higher education, I think a lot of the students I work with currently, they'd be like, oh, I've been in counseling since eight, nine, 10. And it's like, wow. Like imagine how powerful that would be if all people, but even like black people are able to have those tools and like experiences early on and like how much more emotionally healthy they'll be going through adulthood if they had the appropriate time to, process it rather than just like holding on and like living with the trauma mm-hmm. oh man and so i'm glad that also you have a faith person that can help you through that um and so i want to i guess go a little deeper on like what the actual experience was going and so you kind of talked through like the first time you went you were nervous palm sweaty all of that and like you're just kind of real reserved uh and so i guess like what is like the initial session like so do that they lead the conversation did you go in like i guess how do you kind of like work through that because you said that she noticed that you were reserved. And so like, how do you, how did that first session go? And then how does over time, like how does rapport kind of start to build with a counselor? Yeah, absolutely. So when I went, it was a, why are you here? And not like, why are you here? But it was just like, what are you looking for? What are you searching for? Why did you come to therapy? And then there was a little bit about like my family background and like my childhood and how I was raised and like, spirituality came up um and the question was asked like what was your breaking point that made you realize you needed to come to counseling um and so that was the first session um she always so the next session she was just like yeah we're gonna talk more about your childhood and your family dynamic right because I mean Whether we would like to admit it or not, our family contributes to how we navigate life and, like, see the world. Um, And I was like, okay, that's true. And so, like, we unpacked, like, 
the second session, we unpack like my childhood and um, family dynamics. And then she gave me the assignment to basically what are some things that I would want to tell younger Gabby. And so basically with what I would like to tell younger Gabby, that turned into for me maybe like 12 plus pages of things that I wanted to tell younger Gabby. And woo, that was a process because some days were like heavier than others. So I ended up writing letters to myself because I felt awkward, like talking to myself in the mirror. Um, That wasn't Mm -hmm. my style. (laughs) So I just wrote myself some letters. And then like we processed through like what I wrote to myself in those letters. And based on those letters, um, my therapist was like, I, you don't wrote these letters. Now it's time for you to have conversations with the different people that you mentioned in your letters. And I'm like, I don't want to talk to some of these people that ain't going to listen. Why am I wasting time? And she was like, well, you know, it's a part of the healing. Like the, talking to them is not about them. It's about you and you getting out like what you need to say. Um, So... After I had some conversations, like, we came back and, like, processed what those conversations looked like. And so, um, so childhood, processing childhood, having those difficult conversations. Um, Now, we work on, like, what I would like to do, like, for myself in the future. Like, I still talk about, like, different things that annoy me, but... According to my therapist, I'm doing a lot better with expressing how I'm annoyed and why I'm annoyed without coming for people's throats, as she labels it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so according to her, we are now working on me becoming um, romantically available to people and me being vulnerable because in her eyes, I act like a guy emotionally. So we're working through that. <laughs> um. <laughs> We've talked about that before, but we're not going to go down that road today. <laughs> yeah, we, we have. We have. Um, I am working through it. I have. It's just a it's just a different feeling for me. Um Like I mentioned, my whole thing for Gabby was like me coming off as cold was a safety net for me to protect my feelings. And so I think whenever, you know, the Lord sends me whomever he is, wherever he is, um, I feel like what would be important for me would be for me to be comfortable to be vulnerable with this particular man. Because I personally, personally believe you can't be vulnerable with everybody because you know sometimes everybody doesn't have your best interest at heart and yeah you got to choose it's levels to vulnerability um and everybody doesn't deserve to see the entire vulnerable you like I've worked on it like my (laughs) I keep referring to uh, my supervisor but my supervisor was like out of all of the people that I supervised, it took you the longest to open up to me. I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Like my supervisor knows that I'm in therapy. 
after like that situation occurred at work, I told her like, that was out of character for me. I realized that there's a deeper issue and she was a little shocked. So I realized like me being open and saying, I feel instead of like spewing my whole life story. Cause I mean, there are differences in what you like choose to share with people and how you share it. But she's been like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that that's great. So um, it's been an interesting journey just because with work people and even like family and friends, like there are certain things that I chose to let them see. And now with me, like being more open and instead of me saying, now, hold up. Now I'm like, you know, that hurt my feelings when you did. They're like, oh, I apologize. I'm like, ooh, if we would have had this effective communication years ago. <laughs> um, but everything, you know, happens for a reason. And I know you got to lead by example. So I know when like different family members come and talk to me about certain events that happen in their lives, I'm like, you need to go talk to a professional because I'm not trying to help you unpack that. Not saying that I don't care, but I know what my skill set is. So, yeah. And it's helpful because they like, well, Gabby is in therapy. I think they would have a different mindset if they knew that, you know, I wasn't. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so what it sounds like is therapy is like work, right? Like it's not just like you go and they fix your problems. Like they really just expose, help you see your own problems and then give you the tools to fix it is what it sounds like. Yep. Yeah. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and cause I think many people have like misconceptions of like therapy is like, Oh, you just go and they tell you some stuff and they fix your life and life is good. And like, that's really not like ever the case, right? Like, I don't think there's ever a point where you really will never need therapy again, right? I think if you're going through that and it's like helpful for you, like life keeps happening, right? And so like having somebody to help you process through that is always like helpful, no matter like how much progress you make in the work that you do. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's work. It's not like Africadabra, <laughs> you fixed. Like it's a two-way process. Like the therapist is going to bring things to your attention and you have to figure out how to process and navigate it and work on yourself. Like with COVID, I've had the opportunity to like take some time and like regroup and revisit, start over again. Um, during the school year, I don't know if I would have had as much time because of the field that I'm in. But even though I'm ready for COVID, aka the Rona, to go away, it's had its its pros. <laughs> we we all are ready for Miss Rona to go on. Maybe even 2022. Throw it all in the trash. Um, yeah, we, we can start over 2021 because it's it's been it's been a lot and it seems to only be getting worse. Um, so I guess like for the season that you've been in therapy so far, like um, what benefits has like have you kind of found from it and like what value has it really been helping you with, and like how can you see that making you a, a better person? I guess. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the benefit of it is basically, I would say, reminding myself of who I am and like what I want and what I need and not being afraid to explore those things. Um, therapy has been another tool of accountability for myself because, you know, like. And also, it's forced me to 
spend more time with Gabby. Because one of my mottos is, if you can't be real with yourself, then who else can you be real with? Mm-hmm. And so therapy is my accountability tool to be honest and open with where I am. And sitting alone by yourself in quietness, like observing what things you need to work on and do better in your life, it's sometimes it's like the biggest slap in the face. Oh, so um, hard. Yeah, you be like, pow. You be like, all right, I was ready for that. But I see it. Okay, yeah. Um, And so having therapy is that like reminder of, hey, this is what you've been working on. Like when you're alone, this is what you think about. So continue to work through those things. And it's also helped me like have more confidence in myself like talking about family again like I am very family oriented and when I was younger my mom will tell you I didn't do this but I I did um I sought like a lot of family approval when I was younger but now it's just like thank you for your advice I appreciate it but where I am right now in the season in my life that's not gonna work for me (laughs) um so me being more self-aware of who I am and like what I would like and what I would need. Cause I know when I went to graduate school, there was a family conversation about, well, why Gabrielle going to Indiana? Like that's not black people friendly. What's she going to do there? What's she going to learn there? Why she got to go so far away? But, um, I mean, I'm grateful for the experience now. Could you pay me to do that again? Hell to the no. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm thankful and I feel deeply um, that had I not gone there, I wouldn't know what I know now and I wouldn't be able to navigate different spaces the way I navigate them now. So Um, shout out to the chaos. Yeah, that's that's usually how it works, man. Life. Life pushes you to different levels that, you know, you wouldn't have want like you wouldn't have signed up for that experience, but like that experience helped you reach a different level, and so like you can find value and appreciation mm-hmm. through uh, what that is. Yeah. Um, I have a I have a follow up question for you. Um, so yeah. I guess what it sounds like is is therapy is helping you become like a new version of yourself, right? It's like you're becoming a more mm-hmm. emotionally centered Gabby um, compared mm-hmm. to who you were in the past. And so, mm-hmm. how have people that are like close to you or like been in your life like? how have they worked to adjust to like the new version of you? Right. Cause like they can expect one thing, but then you're like someone else and like, they can be like, Oh, you changed. But like, that's the point of therapy. Like I'm supposed to change. Like how, how have you navigated that? Um, how I have navigated that is me challenging myself to be like open, like, Hey Gabby, you're changing. They have to adapt to your change. Um, thankfully I haven't lost like any friends or like any close relationships because of how I'm navigating and experiencing things. I know like my best friend, like who is the therapist was like, dog, yeah, you sure wouldn't be talking like that a year ago. I'm like, yeah, I know. She's like, "Mm, mm hmm, okay. So for the most part, it's been supportive. I think... (laughs) For my family, it's a bit annoying. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. 
Um, but they're adapting because I know with me being the oldest grandchild, like people come and talk to me about everything, like not just like cousins and siblings, but like family members too. And I'm like, child, I'm all the way in South Carolina. I don't know what you want me to do. And so I know it's been like me, like not saying that I'm insensitive or that I don't care, but more about me challenging them to be like, well, have you had a conversation with the person? No. Well, how are they supposed to know then? If you don't bring it to their attention, they're not mind readers. Well, they should know. Okay, well, they don't know. So are you going to inform them? Because if you aren't, like we really can move on to the next conversation. Um, so it's been like annoying for some people, but for the most part, like it's been reciprocated. I know certain people be like, dog, you got a therapy. And every time somebody come with a problem, you're like, "Mm, you need to go to therapy. And I'm just like, (laughs) well, (laughs) I mean, it's, it's so helpful, man. I think if you get that skill set, I mean, therapy, like you don't have to go, but I think if you don't have the skill set to like navigate that on your own, like therapy is a phenomenal option. And so I think- Mm -hmm. Oftentimes people just think like, you got to be like in severe crisis to go to therapy. Like, no, you don't. Like you no. probably benefit better if you weren't in, th- in crisis because you can like more easily get to the work that you need to do rather than navigating this traumatic event, get back to normal and then do the work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I want to, so you talked about this a lot and now I want to like hit this and I guess our last few minutes, um, Jesus and therapy, right? I think yeah. <laughs> oftentimes in faith communities, like typically older people I, i'd say is more like well just pray about it man like god god will take care of it and like yes there is some value to that mm-hmm. also god created therapists right like god is in can be in therapy right like it's not they're not mutually exclusive like they can both exist and so like i guess what advice would you give people that are navigating this uh, dilemma of like just because they're a christian they can't go to counseling I would say do your research. Um, there are therapists who do believe in God. My therapist believes in God. Um, she has a strong faith base and attends church. Um, I would say for people who are struggling with that, just know, I mean, some pastors do marriage counseling, marriage therapy. Um, so I would just encourage people who are struggling to basically research the therapist because some therapists do just come out and say, yes, I believe in God. Um, Maybe that will assist them or ease their decision. But like I mentioned, and I'm a firm believer that God did bless us with resources um, and to utilize them. Like, I don't understand. I guess I don't fully wrap my mind around a reservation and going to therapy, especially if you know the therapist is Christian based. So I would just say do your research. See what they talk about. See if you think that they would be a good fit for you and like where you are in all aspects of your life. Um not just, you know, spiritually, but emotionally and mentally. Cause I mean, I'm not going to tell the tale. Some paragraphs I read from therapists, I was like, no, we are not going to fit well. I do not want to sit across from you and tell you my problems. <laughs> so I would just say, you know, um, do your research on the therapist. Um, and we have the internet, right? 
maybe Google like black therapists in the area, black faith believing therapists in the area. Or if you have the resource or if you if you have the resources to know people around you who have, who have attended therapy, ask them what their experiences are. There's also like Google and YouTube, YouTube, black faith therapists or black people who go to faith therapy um, just to broaden, you know, your view and your horizon um, on that particular, on that particular thing. And also seek God, like Jesus, like have an honest conversation with the man upstairs. Be like, I know I need this, but here's where I'm struggling. Um, I need your help and I need your guidance. Is this something for me? Like I need a sign. Um, you know, and sometimes when God reveals those signs, you have to adhere to them and like not run. (laughs) Um, and don't say, oh, God, this ain't a sign because I don't want it to be a sign. <laughs> be open to receive what you ask for as well when you seek um, that consultation through the Lord or through whatever like your faith base is. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you for that. I just want to help like normalize, I guess, people that are Christians like you can go to therapy, but also be a Christian. Right. Like those two mm-hmm. arts. Right. Like therapy isn't telling you to like God is not your friend or like it's. It's just if your therapist has that skill set, they can like help you navigate faith into like healing. Like that's that's like the magic of that. But, you know, I think people just think at least older people are kind of like spew these like, oh, therapy is the devil. And it's just trying to take you out. And you just need Jesus. And it's like, that's that's not helpful. You're creating more trauma in people's lives. right now. Yes, absolutely. I remember I had posted about like all the um, killings and the protests and how the most like therapeutic thing for me that week was therapy and like. A woman coming in under my post and was like, Gabby, lean on the Lord. And I commented right under what she said and said, yes, I always lean on the Lord. He also blessed us with resources to use as well. Yes. yes. So. The older folks will, they will stick to the lean on the Lord, man. <laughs> a lot of them need therapy themselves when you it, listen it, to them unpack their childhood. I'd be it, like, it, okay. <laughs> exactly. You just got to love them where they are and finally listen to the call um the last thing i guess want to i guess get your thoughts on and so for people that are i guess now in the after hearing you talk kind of feel a little more compelled to like explore therapy and kind of see how that's kind of helped them uh, i guess what are three things you would kind of give them as like action items as a work to explore and kind of like actually go follow through with going through therapy number one are you ready to unpack your baggage um, that's not an easy process. Like, are you ready to cry? Are you ready to be angry? Like, are you ready to break down? But also, are you ready to work through those things? So one, are you ready to do the work? Um, two, are you willing to be consistent through the process when it isn't easy and when it doesn't feel good? And what I'm saying is the questioning of the people around you of, well, why are you going to therapy? Well, what you trying to say? You trying to say you didn't have a good childhood? So being willing to be consistent, do the work, be consistent. And also just be open to the newer version of who you are. Um, I know when I did like start going to therapy, I talk about like I have a lot of like childhood best friends, like 
best friends that I've had since I was um, 11. Um, be prepared to challenge like the norms and like what you know. Like I know I have a male best friend. And so for his birthday, I was like, ooh, I don't want to make like a heartfelt post about him because people are going to think that we're dating. And then in my mind, I'm like, this is your like best friend. He like your brother. Girl, make this post and tell the world you love that man and just keep it pushing. <laughs> so yeah, be prepared to do things that you like don't usually do. Like I know now like I'm more open to tell like my people, like friends, like even coworkers, I'm like, I love you. And like a hug. Like back in the day, I'd be like, don't touch me. Don't know now. <laughs> So yeah, um, be willing to do the work, be consistent and be open to doing things that you don't usually do and questioning what your norm usually is or was. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Um, I guess in the interest of time, I will wrap up, but um, yeah. I want to say thank you so much for like, I guess, sharing your perspective and experiences. Uh, Cause I think oftentimes in like young adulthood, like you just go through so much transition, man. Like just so mm -hmm. much going on and like, it can so be so easy to like not process through it with somebody. Right. Like I, we see our parents, like even if your parents are going to therapy, you probably didn't even know. Uh, and so like kind of, and they don't ever talk about it. And so I think the more we can kind of have conversations like this and like normalize experiences, I think that is like most important to help people. If you feel like that's going to be helpful for you, like go down that road and like use that resource because the world is not going to get any uh, more sane, right? I think <laughs> each day is going to get crazier from, you know, November is another election year, you know, <laughs> that's going to be a lot. Uh, unfortunately, probably another black person going to kill by a police officer. Like there's just going to be traumatic yeah. things to just keep out. COVID is going to last for another year and some change at least. And yes. so like having the skill set to like navigate that in a balanced way is like helpful to your overall health, like just to live. Insanity is like important. Absolutely, yeah. Thank you for thank you for um, allowing me the opportunity to to talk about my experience. No problem, man. That's what this podcast is for, man. Just people sharing sharing things out here. I know we all struggling with different things, and so um, yeah. you know, help, help people tell their stories because I ain't got all the answers, and so <laughs> I just help facilitate questions, man. That's all I do. Uh, if the people want to follow you, like where can they where can they find you? Where can they they want to connect or ask you any questions? Like where where can they find? For sure. So I have Facebook, and so my Facebook name is Gabrielle Lee, and it's just G A B R I E L L E, and then last name Lee, and then for IG Instagram, it's G L E E underscore. That's me. All right. I will make sure to put that in the show notes for people, just in case you don't have to look, rewind and listen to it again. I'll have it where they can click into it. Uh, and so everybody out there listening, you know, as Marshawn Lynch would say, take care of your mental because that yeah. is important out here in these streets. And uh, that's all we got for today. Uh, if you got any other questions or anything you want to follow up, just let me know. Uh, we'll kind of go from there. All right. See y'all later. Peace. Yeah.